If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to be pulling those out. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Acts and the book of 1 Corinthians here in just a moment. I encourage you to be looking along. Uh, with us as we walk through those passages. I want to join uh, with Brother Elijah Anthony from the Roosevelt City Church of Christ, who you saw on the screen just a few moments ago, to uh, invite us to participate in a time of fellowship and song on November 13th at 3 p.m. Uh, so grateful uh, for the partnership of our two churches. Uh, yesterday, some ladies gathered from both congregations to enjoy a time of brunch, and uh, I heard that that went really well. So very grateful that, that we aren't just talking about God's vision for kingdom unity, but that we are actually practicing it and living it out. Uh, so be marking your calendars for November 13th at 3 p.m. Uh, we have been in a series the past number of weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. And each week we've looked at a kind of a different layer of God's Spirit as it is revealed to us in the pages of Scripture. And in particular, we've focused on a few different areas. We started out just acknowledging the presence of God's Spirit, and that when Jesus ascended, when He left, He said, I'm, I'm not leaving you alone, I'm not leaving you uh, as orphans, I, I'm giving you a gift. And the gift that He left was the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was the parting gift. And so the, the presence of God's Spirit is something that has been gifted to us. We also looked at the power of God's Spirit, that there is a, a supernatural power that comes from God's Spirit that cannot be uh, quantified or, or qualified any other way that, but from God. And so we looked at the presence, we looked at the power, and then we looked at the promise of God's Holy Spirit. Paul would say it's a, it's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance for what's to come. And then last week uh, we looked at the produce, the fruit of God's Spirit. And then this week I want us to take some time to consider the presence of God's Spirit. You say, well, we already talked about the presence of God's Spirit. You can actually spell presence a few different ways. And when I say presence, I'm not talking about the former presence. I'm talking about another type of presence, the gifts of God's Spirit, the presence of God's Spirit. So uh, it seems like our culture begins thinking about Christmas gifts earlier and earlier each year. Uh, matter of fact, the, the top Christmas gifts as seen on TikTok include these, and, and you'll know that I had to read an article because I don't have TikTok, but this is according to the article. Uh, number one is a touch screen toaster, uh, because who wants to exert all that energy in pushing down a lever? Right? So this is a top gift this year. Uh, another top gift is a desktop vacuum cleaner. And I will gladly purchase this desktop vacuum cleaner if it will remove all the papers that are all over my desk. Uh, number three, Kevin, you may be interested in a one-step volumizer for your hair. All right? This is a, this is a great gift. Right? This is the, the gift of the year, some would say. Number four is a mini waffle maker because every house should be a waffle house. Amen? All right? And so you can get one of those this year. Or number five, an Ikea milk frother. And I'll just tell you, these are legit. All right? You can spend your $7 on this and it will change your life. Um, so these are some gifts that are going to be popular this year according to the TikToks, right? But here's how we consider presents for those that we love. We, we think about them. Uh, let's take the milk frother off the screen for a moment. Uh, we, we think about them. We actually uh, spend some time preparing of, of giving gifts to other people. We think about presents even a few months earlier than we should. 
But how often do we acknowledge, how often do we pay attention to the presence, the gifts of God's Holy Spirit? In 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Paul tells the church that this is something that I don't want you to be uninformed about. This is the language that Paul uses. And so just some brief context, uh, Paul continues his second missionary journey. He's come from Thessalonica to Athens, now to Corinth. And in Acts chapter 18, verse 1, where we get some of this context, which, which you'll see is after this, Paul left Athens and he went to Corinth. This is where he meets Aquila and Priscilla. Then in Acts 18, verse 4, every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. And what happens in Acts chapter 18? They oppose Paul. They become abusive toward Paul. And so Paul does what many of us would do. He goes next door. I ain't got time for that. Makes sense. He goes next door. Acts 18, 8, many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. And starting in verse 9 of chapter 18, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, do not be afraid, keep on speaking, do not be silent, for I am with you and no one's going to attack and harm you because I have many people in the city. Aren't you thankful that God has many people in the city, some that we don't even know about? Verse 11, so Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half teaching them the word of God. So Paul is presumably in Thessalonica for just a couple weeks, yet he is in Corinth for a year and a half. I want you to let that sink in for just a moment. Corinth, the Corinthian community, is known as Paul's problem child. The believers in Corinth, they managed to misunderstand just about everything that Paul said and did. Author Michael Gorman says, what had infected the Corinthians was a divisiveness based on social and spiritual status. But even that was symptomatic of a more fundamental problem, a failure to understand the real life consequences of the gospel of Jesus Christ in Him crucified. And in 1 Corinthians, what the burning question seems to be is, what does the life of a Spirit-filled community look like? It's one of the reasons that we're doing this series for the past number of weeks. What does a Spirit-filled community, what does life in this Spirit-filled community begin to look like? And I think it's important for us to acknowledge, last week we looked at the, the produce, we looked at the, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, but there's a difference between the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. So last week, the fruit of the Spirit is about the character that God is producing in you. This love, joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness. These are things that we just, we can't just muster up on our own. This is God's Spirit working in us. And the fruit of the Spirit is God's character that's being produced in you. The gifts of the Spirit are about the ministry that the Spirit does through you. So do you see the difference between the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of God's Spirit? And so here's a working definition that I want us to consider today as we look in the text. A working definition of a gift of the Spirit. A gift of the Spirit is a manifestation of the Spirit of God through a believer in a specific way 
that enables them to say something or do something to the glory of God and to the good of others. And so Paul talks a good bit about the spiritual presence, the spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12 through chapter 14, this is, this is what he's focused on. So I plan to camp out here for just a couple weeks. But let's go to the text, 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 1, if you'll follow along with me. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced or led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. This is primarily where our working definition comes from. Verse 8. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of the tongues. All these are work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So Paul lists these gifts, and if you just run through the list, you'll notice variety of gifts that are, are given. A message of wisdom, a message of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in different tongues, and interpretation of tongues. If you go down to verse 28, you'll see the gift of administration. Can somebody say amen about the gift of administration? somebody that can bring some order to disorder. It's one of the reasons I'm very thankful for our administration team here, our admin team here at Homewood. We have an operations minister in Jennifer Presley who, who helps administrate things that go on in the life of this church family. Romans 12, if you flip over there in Romans 12, verses 6 through 8, you'll find the gifts of serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, showing mercy. And here's the deal, that any time that you talk about the power of the Spirit working through human beings, it is so easy for us as humans to jump to all sorts of wrong conclusions which lead to all sorts of problems. So this is why I believe we have 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. And I would submit that it is God's will that we be informed about the gifts of the Spirit. This is why Paul says, I don't want you to be what? I don't want you to be uninformed. And so catch this, the Spirit was moving among the Corinthian church, but, but they had trouble understanding what that meant in the life of the church. Aren't you thankful that the movement of the Spirit is not dependent on my understanding of the Spirit? Now watch this. While that's true, a wrong understanding about the presence, about the gifts of the Spirit, we jump to all kinds of wrong conclusions about ourselves, our others, or even God. You say, what do you mean? 
Well, a misunderstanding of the gifts of the Spirit can lead us to believe that the gift is about us. We're tempted to find our identity in the gift. Some people are even tempted to feel superior to others. Some are tempted to feel inferior to others. I remember this even growing up, and it still happens today. Well, I, I can't get up and speak, therefore, dot, 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 dot. Or I can't get up and do what Kevin does, therefore, dot, 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 dot. And we, we allow, we're tempted to have all these wrong understandings of, of the Spirit when we think like this. Do you see the confusion? Do you see how this division, this, this chaos can cause a church to spiral? And what does it lead to? What it often leads to is that people don't want, I don't want anything to do <laughs> with this idea of the gifts of the Spirit. I just don't want anything to do with it. Sounds more like the hokey spirit. If you do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. But here's what I want to submit to us over the next couple weeks. It's not only God's will for us to be informed about the gifts of the Spirit, but it is His will for us to desire the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 and 1, follow the way of love. In chapter 13, Paul, this is the love chapter, and it's not a wedding liturgy. We'll talk about that in the next few weeks. This is the chapter where Paul describes what love is, and then right after that chapter, in chapter 14, he says, follow the way of what? Follow the way of love, and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. So if I'm honest, just about my own journey, there have been times where I have been passive about being open to the gifts of the Spirit. I've been open to the gifts of the Spirit, just like I'm open to eating healthier. I'm open to it, just like I'm open to exercise. I'm open to exercising. What if our college students came in here today and they said, well, I'm open to studying. I'm open to it. And then they spend all day watching Netflix, and they spend all night playing video games. But I'm open to studying. I'm open to the idea. What we begin to, to realize is that we're not just called to be open to the gifts of the Spirit, we're called to eagerly desire them. Why? Because this is an expression of following the way of love. What Paul would say is the most excellent way. So gifts of the Spirit are God-enabled ways for us to what? For us to love and serve others. And so here's a few things that I want us just to catch today, capture, maybe talk amongst our connect groups about to dive a little deeper in those settings. But number one is this, the gifts of the Spirit that you receive are forms of God's grace flowing through you. I can't tell you the number of times that I have received a message or I've sent someone a message at just the right time. Aren't you grateful for the gift of encouragement that comes through your brothers and sisters in Christ? I received a, a message this week about one of our members, uh, Bo Kerr's mom, Lisa London, received a, a message that she was in the hospital. And I can't explain all of it to you, but there was just, there was a stirring that said, you, you need to go right now and be with her in the hospital. 
I was able to go and I was able to have a conversation with her, I was able to talk with her, able to pray with her, hold her hand. Two days later, she stepped into eternity, passed away on Thursday. I can't explain all that to you. I can just tell you that I was thankful in that moment for the, for the gift of encouragement that was, that was placed inside of me. Also this week, one of our members, uh, Wendell Williams, had to go in for a leg amputation. And there were three brothers in Christ, members of this church, that were stirred to, to go and to be with him at 5 o'clock in the morning when he had to be at the hospital. Just to pray with him, just to, to sit with him, uh, to be with uh, he and his wife. And I, I'm thankful for the gift of encouragement that is placed on folks during these times. A God-enabled way for us to love and to serve. And I realize, as church leadership, we don't always get this right. We don't always get this right. We mess this up. And I think we have to be really careful about saying things like, like the Holy Spirit told me. I think we have to be really careful with that kind of language. And I realize for every story where there's a breakthrough, there's also another story where there hasn't been a breakthrough. The power of God, as we said a few weeks ago, is the source of breakthroughs, but it's also that which helps us to walk through situations where, there, where there's not a breakthrough. It's both. It's not either or, it's both and. So Paul would tell us later in chapter 14 to what? To pray for the gifts of the Spirit, to ask. So maybe you're in a situation where things are in disorder, and what, what is the prayer? We pray for the gift of administration. Maybe you're in a situation where you don't know who to believe, and so you're praying for the gift of discernment. Maybe you're in a situation where mercy is needed, and you don't have any mercy right now. Can I get a witness? I don't have any of that right now. God, I need the gift of mercy. Each one of these are examples of the spirit of love. This is not the spirit of showmanship. By the way, believing in the Holy Spirit operating this way does not mean that you don't believe in talent or you don't believe in education or you don't believe in hard work. God works through all these things as well. So we forget while Paul had to share of, of healings. Along in his ministry, Paul had his share of healings. He also traveled with a doctor. His name was Luke. It's, it's, again, it's not either or. This is, this is both and. And so when people start to think that I'm something special because I'm a preacher, God reminds me that he spoke through a donkey. How's that for a good reminder? That if God can speak through a donkey, surely He can say something through me. When God gives someone the gift of the Spirit, it's not for the purpose of validating them, it's for the purpose of edifying others through them. So the gifts of the Spirit tell us more about the goodness of God than they tell us about the goodness of the person enabled with the gift. Just think about the church in Corinth. This church is a mess. Just 
read 1 Corinthians this week. This church is an absolute mess. Chapter 1 and 3, they're divided over personalities in the, the area of leadership. Chapter 5, they're, they're tolerating sexual immorality. Chapter 8, they're divided on whether they should eat meat sacrificed to idols. Chapter 11, they're abusing the Lord's Supper. Chapter 12 through 14, they're abusing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 15, they're baptizing people for other dead people. I mean, this church is a mess. And yet Paul does say in chapter 1, verse 7, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. Even with the mess that this church was in, the Spirit was still in their midst. Second takeaway is this, is that the gifts of the Spirit point to Jesus as Lord. I want us to read this one more time. Chapter 12, verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, don't want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Church, the Holy Spirit is about the Lordship of Jesus. And some of you may be listening to this message and thinking, well, that's great, preacher. I appreciate you, you saying those things, but I've, I've never experienced the, the gifts of the Spirit. And I, and I just want to stop you right there, that if you have confessed Jesus in, as Lord, you have experienced the gifts of the Spirit. Paul says you can't confess Jesus as Lord except by what? By the Holy Spirit. The fact that you've experienced the need for grace, the, the fact that you've confessed Jesus as Lord testifies to the work of God's Spirit in your life. Finally, the gifts of the Spirit point to the greater gifts of forgiveness and salvation. That the greatest work of the Holy Spirit is to awaken you to your need for forgiveness of sins, to awaken you and I to our need for salvation that is found in Jesus Christ and His transforming work in your life. So if you look around this auditorium, you'll, you'll notice the exit signs in here. And I've been in this auditorium when it's midnight, pitch black. You can't see a thing. The only thing that you can see is those green lit exit signs. That's the only thing that you can see. But if, if something were to happen, you know, in that moment, and I needed to get out of this room, I wouldn't go up to the exit sign and just stop right there. I wouldn't worship the exit sign. It's, it's a sign that's pointing us to something beyond it. This is the way to go. This is, this is where you need to go. Get out. I don't know if you noticed today, but there was a, a few big signs out front. The Holiday Bazaar that's coming up. Grateful for our Meemaw's Quilts Ministry. And this Friday and Saturday, you can come and you can purchase some handmade quilts and handmade tote bags, and those proceeds will go toward our Meemaw's Quilts Ministry, which makes quilts for our children, our babies, also makes, makes quilts for folks in our hospital apartments and other hospital settings. It's a great ministry. But my guess is if you were to ask any one of those ladies about the big sign out front, they don't want you to go up to the sign and just stop. They don't want you to worship the sign. They don't want you to stop at the sign. They want you to go beyond the sign and come to the Holiday Bazaar on Friday and Saturday and purchase a, a quilt or two. That's what they want you to do. 
This is the Holy Spirit. It is pointing us to something beyond the gift in ourselves. We don't stop at the, at the sign. It's pointing us beyond the sign. And this is why I believe that when Paul gets down into these weeds, weeds that I don't have all the answers for, there were some gifts that were read today that I have not personally experienced. And so Paul can seemingly be getting down into the weeds in chapters 12 and then 13 and 14, but then he emerges back from the weeds because he doesn't want us to be uninformed about that. But he, he takes us beyond the signs. And in chapter 15, starting in verse 1, this is what Paul says. Now, brothers and sisters, now, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Friends, I beg you not to miss the greater gift. We're going to talk more about this next week. Will you pray with me? And so, Father, we're, we're thankful for your word. Father, we live in a time where, where your word is so readily available that I fear that sometimes we take that for granted. I fear sometimes that we, we miss the blessing of your word being so readily available. As we look historically, there have been times in history where you, this word has not been so available. So help us not to take it for granted. Help us to, to be reminded that all scripture is God breathed, that it's useful. And as we particularly take this, this view of, of the gifts of the spirit, help us to realize that, that your word is, is useful for instruction. This is something that we don't wanna be uninformed about. But Father, it points us to a greater gift. And so today I, I pray for every person in this room, for every struggle that has entered this room, for every situation in life that is, has been difficult, for every situation that is, is, is warranted rejoicing. Father, we bring all of those before you today and we, we pray that the gifts that we have been given will be poured out just like the Hobatter girls taught us a few moments ago in their video, that we are blessed to be a blessing to others, that you give us gifts to bless those around us. And so may we be reminded of that this very week so that our cup overflows into the lives of those that we come in contact with. And for some of us, we need the overflowing spirit of another to edify us and encourage us this week. So Father, in all things, we give you thanks. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen.